let's get into the Word. We're going to go to the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. I prayed and sought the Lord today, and you know, a lot of times you, you have to struggle to get a message and really wonder what God wants you to speak. But, I mean, this thing come to me uh, uh, very quickly. I mean, just as soon as I begin to think about my message today, this Scripture and this message come to me, which lets me know that most of the time when it happens that way, that God has got a particular word for somebody in this house today. Uh, and uh, whoever it is, there might be more than one, I don't know, but you will know it um, when the Word goes to, hits you. You will know it. Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to begin at verse 8 and read down through verse 13. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Keep that in your mind. That's important. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which have foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky and multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth, not having received them, but yet they embrace them. Let's pray. Mighty God, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for the privilege to stand behind this desk to minister your word one more time. I ask for your anointing upon me because I realize I'm nothing. I cannot do nothing without you. I'm, I'm a mortal man, just dust of the earth like everybody else here. So I need you. I depend upon you. And if you are to speak to people today, to have people's life changed, to have them encouraged, lifted up, a soul saved, then you're going to have to anoint me to do this today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. For the next little bit of time, I want to speak to you on a subject titled, Embracing What You Do Not Hold. Embracing what you do not hold. Now, on Memorial Day, we remember the sacrifice made by so many in order for us to experience freedom, opportunity, and hope of a better future. The honor and recognition we give these men and women is never enough because they laid it all on the line, even uh, even their lives for our benefit. You can't give a person enough honor and recognition for, for like that. When soldiers go into battle, many times they fight for things they do not yet hold. 
but press on with an objective to claim right to the prize and reward of the victor's crown. Our soldiers have been able to face impossible odds and defeat every foe simply because they were able to embrace something that they did not yet hold. Stay with me just for a moment as I lay a foundation here. Now, I think of the famous D-Day invasion of World War II. If you have those pictures, you can put them up there right now, brother. The first one. I think about the famous D-Day invasion of World War II, where so many American troops were slaughtered that the waves rushing onto Normandy Beach looked as waves of blood. Hallelujah. And as you're watching those pictures, I had about two or three of them took of that day that I gave to them. American troops, they were slaughtered and they gave up their lives. They did not hold victory of the German army when they landed, but they embraced it. Follow me now what I'm saying. When they came ashore, they did not hold victory at the time, but they embraced it. And that's what gave them the fortitude to press on under heavy enemy fire. Amen. And buddies and friends being cut to pieces on the right and on the left. Hallelujah. They embraced something that they did not have. In fact, and you can see there the many of them as they finally landed and they conquered and they developed a beachhead. Before they began their embark, General Dwight D. Eisenhower talked to all the men to encourage them. And Dwight D. Eisenhower, he, he put a name on this operation. You know, today, uh, the young ones, we, we, when we think about the name of an operation, we may think about Desert Storm or, or something of that. But Dwight D. Eisenhower, when military men came up against some of the harshest battle that our American soldiers ever fought, uh, amen, at that, that time, he called the operation a crusade in which we will accept nothing less than full victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before they came across that lonely beachhead, my friend, they didn't hold victory, but they embraced it. And they had their mind made up as a song the sister song. Amen. And they had a determination that they wasn't going to take down. I'm here to tell you today, church, if the devil looks at me and he looks at you and he sees that he can shake us by pulling the rug out from under us and that we can be easily give up, he'll put all hell on us. Glory to God. But when we are able to embrace something that we do not yet hold, the devil, Sister Faye, can never defeat us. Hallelujah. When you say, Satan, I'm not going to take down. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. A lot of times I'll look at the devil and I'll talk. 
I'll say, devil, I can't keep you from coming, but I sure can make you regret you ever did. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, I'm not talking about me. I can't do nothing. I don't have no power. I'm as weak as water. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. And ain't no devil in hell can stop this little fat short preacher as long as I'm following God and he's walking in me. Hallelujah. I want to get to you and across to you today that you need to embrace that which you do not hold. Embrace it. In our text today, Abraham, he was a different soldier in a different time. He was known... As a father of faith and also the friend of God. Abraham began a journey into the unknown. Being called by God for a purpose and a destiny. Which would include even you and I here today. I don't know if Abraham understood all the implications of his calling. And that when God spoke of His seed, talking about the seed of Abraham, I don't know if Abraham understand, amen, or understood that when God talked about His seed, He was referring to Jesus Christ. But I do know that although He never held the full promise in His hand, yet He embraced it with all His might. He walked into not knowing where He was going in search of a city whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah! Amen! And He became, amen, what we're able to achieve today because Paul said in Galatians, if we are the seed of Christ, then we are Abraham's seed and heirs to His promise. Today, in this church, I speak to some who hold nothing but a promise. You don't have nothing of substance. Hallelujah. You don't have anything but a promise. Maybe a calling. Maybe you're holding a desire to do something for God. Like Abraham, your journey takes you into the unknown. Why, God, am I even here? How, God, can I ever get beyond the present struggle and and depression to feel victory once again in my soul. These are questions that rack our mind day by day because we don't have all the answers. I've been preaching for over 40 years and I don't have the answers, but I care the book has got the answer. Hallelujah. And the answer is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I've asked those questions. Why am I even here, God? Hallelujah. How in the world am I ever going to get beyond this present struggle and depression? Will I ever feel the victory 
in my soul once again. Oh, but I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell somebody right now, and God put this in my spirit before I even knew who was going to be here. I'm here to tell you to focus on the end goal of your journey, not the valley that your journey is carrying you through. Hallelujah. Every one of us here have started out to take trips down the highway, headed for a destination. Maybe it's a vacation. Maybe it's a good vacation spot. And uh, this, you can, I can really paint this picture easy for some of you who can remember. And I'm telling my age now, you can remember what, what it was like in traveling before the interstate systems come through. Amen. When you wanted to go to the mountains... It, uh, uh, I mean, before that, that you could go out there and just hop on, uh, Interstate 40, you had to get out, out here and you, and begin to drive down Highway 70. And, and I mean, uh, uh, you were heading for a destination, but sometimes, amen, the journey was long and gruesome. Hallelujah. And it took you, amen, into some areas that you didn't like to be in. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm here to tell you today, amen, if you've been born again, if you're a child of the King, you're headed on a journey today. Hallelujah. We're headed on a journey and sometime our path that, that we're walking on. Amen. It goes through the valley. Amen. It goes through the valley of the shadow of death. Oh, but like the Psalm of David years ago said, I will fear no evil for the Lord. Oh my God. Hallelujah. For the Spirit of God. My Lord. Hallelujah. So don't focus on the the present valley that you're going through. Focus on the end goal of your journey. I'm here to tell you, embrace the dream of your desire and not the nightmare of the enemy's attacks. Hallelujah. God has given you a dream, but the devil offers you a nightmare. Somebody knows what I'm talking about today. Hallelujah. So it's up to you. What are you going to embrace? Are you going to embrace, amen, the dream of your desire or the nightmare of an enemy's attack which are designed to bring you to the agony of defeat? Hallelujah. If you embrace what you do not yet hold, you will find determination fortitude and resilience to overcome, conquer, and claim the prize when the battle is won. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Years ago, back on the little church on the hill, amen, after we would sing Amazing Grace, my mama would kick up singing a little old chorus, and when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. Yes, we shall wear a crown. Oh, we shall wear a crown. Oh, and when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown in that new Jerusalem. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not going to worry about the now I'm looking ahead. Mm. My Lord, the Holy Ghost is tearing me up in this. I don't know. Glory to God if I'm going to be able to stand it to preach it tonight. Hallelujah. There's a couple things. Amen. That the Spirit of God seemed to impress upon me. To declare unto you about how we can 
declare this. And how we can embrace that which we don't hold to the point and place that one day we can hold it and we can claim it. The first thing is, church, never become sidetracked by arrogance or the past. Never become sidetracked either by arrogance or the past. Now, I'll put that there because of this verse. I'm going to have him to bring up on the screen now. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Now, now if you know a little bit of history, church history, you know that the Apostle Paul, this was one, one of them letters that was called the prison epistles. He was a jailbird when he wrote this. Hallelujah. He was in the Roman jail. And this is what he wrote to the church at Philippi. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Oh, I may have to quit preaching and shout a little bit. Hallelujah. He said in verse 14, Brother Paul, he said, I'll press toward the mark for the prize of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to clarify just a little bit and bring it in our language what Paul was saying. I'm going to read those same two scriptures again in two other translations that are that are, are modern translations, the Holman Christian Standard Bible. I'm going to read it to you like like that. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. What am I preaching about? Embracing what you what? Hallelujah. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, reaching forward to what is ahead. I like the way this translation says, I'm pursuing. (laughs) I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God. Heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Anytime somebody wants to cause some trouble, amen, by spreading gossip, hallelujah, I just say, I don't have no time for that. I'm pursuing something. Glory to God. Every time somebody wants to get out here, amen, in the world and do something to get me sidetracked here, I just say, I don't have no time for that. I'm pursuing something. I'm going to run after something. Glory to God. I don't have time for all of this other junk. Hallelujah. Glory. The devil will get you sidetracked in everything. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. So, we can't become sidetracked 
Let me, let me read one more translation. For, for your personal Bible study, now I don't, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a King James man, I, I believe in it, but there are some other translations, modern language that I do use in personal study to help clarify some things. The God's Word translation is by far one of my favorites. Listen to it. Brothers and sisters, I can't consider myself a winner yet. What did I say? Don't get sidetracked by arrogance. I've seen people walk around in church so snubby with a better than thou attitude. Their nose stuck so high up in there that they better pray they don't come a rainstorm because they're drowned. Hallelujah. There ain't no big eyes or little use in the kingdom of God. We're all on the same level with God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're a sinner saved by grace just like me. Hallelujah. I get so sick of people running around bragging about what they've done. Bless God. Well, he said, brothers and sisters, I, I can't consider myself a winner yet. This one thing I do, I don't look back. I lengthen my stride. Hallelujah. I'm going to lengthen my stride. Hallelujah. I'm going to pick up the pace. Hallelujah. And then that last verse, he says, I'll run straight toward the goal to win the prize that God's heavenly call offers in Christ Jesus. Oh man, that's powerful, church. Glory to God. You need to keep that in your mind and in your spirit every time the devil comes and tries to pull the rug out from under you. Hallelujah. Don't get sidetracked. Hallelujah. we got too many people majoring on minor things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's some people actually went to college and they never did, still didn't really make anything because they kept messing around with the minor stuff and they never didn't major on nothing. Hallelujah. You need to first, you need to first figure out some things. And the first thing you need to figure out, what is the most important thing to you? What do you consider more valuable than anything else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I love my family. I love my wife. I love my children. I love my grandbabies. I love this church. I love these people. They've all been a part of my life for a long time. But the most important thing to me is it should be the most important thing to you, and that's to make heaven your home. If I lose out with heaven, folks, I've lost it all. There's nothing else that matters. Nothing else that matters. We cannot afford to let the devil sidetrack us. Listen to me. I'm going to make this statement, then we're going to move on to finish the message. If you stop and think just for a moment of what you have waiting ahead and what you've got to lose if you allow yourself to drown in past failures, self-pity, or even a cocky, self-righteous attitude. Come on. You would raise, if you 
could just get a hold of what's waiting ahead, if you could just have an understanding of what all you'd lose if you get sidetracked now, you'd raise yourself from the dust, stand on your feet and declare, I'm going to embrace the victory at the end and run toward which I do not yet hold. Paul said, I ain't apprehended it yet, but I'm falling after. Glory to God. I ain't got a hold of it yet, but I'm getting there. I ain't made it yet, but I'm a running. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, I've stumbled a lot of times. Yeah, I've fallen, but I ain't stopped yet. Hey, too many people are worried about how many times somebody falls. How many times you fall ain't half as concerned about how many times you're willing to get back up and keep going. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Amen. As long as I've been around here and as long as I will be pastor, this church will be a church of restoration. Hallelujah. I'm concerned about reaching the lost. Yeah, we all got to be sure reaching the lost. But I'm always concerned about those who are backslidden or falling along the way. We're talking about soldiers. Amen. I've heard it say too many times that Christians are the only one who, who uh, kill their wounded. We got to be a hospital. We got to be willing to do what we can, brother, to restore somebody. Getting back to these arrogant, self-righteous people today has got more religion than a relationship with God. If you'll understand anything, you know that the Word says that God is not willing that anybody should perish, but that all come to repentance. Hallelujah. And if I, if I can help somebody, if I can help get them picked back up and restore them, yeah, I know there's some churches out there. They'll say, well, you can come to church and sit on my pews and pay your tithes and my offering pan, but I ain't going to let you do nothing. Just sit there. But you know what? I like... I like those older cars. And uh, I was traveling with a young guy one day. We were going somewhere through town. And uh, I said, oh, man, look over there. Man, that's, that's, a, that's a 56 Chevy. And then I say something else, something over here. Oh, man. Man, look at that. Give, give the... Uh, give the date of it. And he says, he says, he scratched his head. He said, I can't figure out something. I said, what's that? How y'all old dudes always know what the dates of these vehicles are? <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I said, well, brother, I said, I lived through it. Hallelujah. And that was the day when automobiles had some class. That's it. Amen. Hallelujah. Like some church folks I used to know had some class at one time. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. I mean, I mean, to the designers and all, whether you're a Ford man or a Chevy man, I mean, you, when they come out with a new car the following year, there would be a lot of distinction about it. You could, you could distinguish them. Hallelujah. Now, I mean, they just push them on through there, you know. And Hallelujah. But you know what? You can take one of them old cars, find one somewhere out in the old farmer's barn somewhere, broken down and rusted, 
an old Ford or Chevrolet that probably didn't bring no more than $1,500 when it was brand new sitting on the showroom floor. But if you spend the time and the effort to restore it, it's worth four or five times after restoration of what it was back in the beginning. And if it's that way with an automobile, what about a soul? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, we do a lot of uh, jumping up and down and shouting around here, and, 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 and that's all right. I, I do my share of that, too. But, I, but a lot of times people, they would just uh, uh, get a hold of that, and they think, well, you know, that, that makes heaven happy. But I want you to know something. The Bible says there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner coming to repentance. One. Hallelujah. One coming to repentance. Hallelujah. Amen. So God is concerned. And if He's concerned about restoration, we ought to be concerned about restoration also. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So never become sidetracked. Glory to God. Let me move on. If you're going to want to embrace what you don't yet hold... And pursue it to one day that you're able to hold it. The second thing in my message is you've got to walk by the beat of a different drum. You've got to walk by the beat of a different drum. Now, give me just a few moments and I'll explain that to you. The book of Numbers, chapter 14, verses 20 through 24. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. But as truly as I live, and all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, Surely they shall not see the land which I swore unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. Verse 24, But my servant Caleb, because he had, what? Another spirit (laughs) with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Caleb, when God talked about this man by the name Caleb, he said, Caleb is a man with another spirit. Everybody else, all them other spies that went out to spy the land and said, man, we look like grasshoppers and we can't conquer that land and all that stuff. Amen. All the bad evil reports that they was bringing. Hallelujah. Old Caleb, he, 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 he was a man who had another spirit. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, folks, we have got to walk by the beat of a different drum Hallelujah, if we're going to overcome. The world around us walks by the beat of Satan's rhythm and drum. Many times it's a beat of defeatism and I can't do it attitude. Come on now. We, it's, a, it's a beat of defeatism and I can't do it attitude just like the children of Israel when it came to embracing the land of promise. They said, we don't hold it. The giants of the land hold it and we can't take it from them. 
Is not that what they said? Hallelujah. On the other hand, a man by the name of Caleb refused to walk by the beat of the can't-do-it drum. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. God said he had another spirit. Glory. Oh, if we could, if we only could be people of another spirit, uh, different from the way that the world thinks, uh, people who trust God in any situation, uh, embracing the promise, uh, we do not yet hold. Uh, we would overcome all and hold it in the end. Now, not even time. And I'm winding down, but not even time can steal what you embrace in your soul if you stay true to God and your particular call. Let's go ahead some 40 years. Moses has gone on. Joshua is leading the band. They are conquering the land of promise. In Joshua fourteen ten and 13, listen to this. And now, behold, the Lord has... This is, this is the words of Caleb, this man who God said had another, another spirit. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as He said, these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spake this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now... Here I am this day, 85 years old. Hmm. What's this man that we think has got one foot in the grave and another on the banana peel? What does this man have to say? He said, As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so is my strength now for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, he's talking to Joshua as they're getting ready to begin to fight and everything. He said, Give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke that day. For you have heard in the day how that the Ananakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Joshua. Amen. As an inheritance. For 45 years, Caleb embraced what he didn't hold, yet he desired after. He dreamed of it, and he determined in his heart that one day that property's going to be mine. One day, because I've got a promise. Let me kind of paraphrase it. Put little things, what I might think, how, how Joseph would get down. I mean, excuse me, Caleb, rather. Caleb could say, listen here. Caleb said, man, I've had to go around in circles for over 40 years in the desert wilderness because a bunch of dim-witted Christians, amen, didn't have no faith, couldn't believe God. He said, we could have had this thing a long time ago if we had obeyed God. He said, and so I have been trapped in the wilderness because of somebody else's failure. Sometimes it ain't the devil that we're up against, but it's people who we thought were our brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I guarantee you, every one of us would just stop and think, so-called friends and so-called Christians has probably stole more from us than the devil ever began to think to. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't like the booger man. But I'm going to tell you something. He don't, don't do half as much as what some people give him credit for. Hallelujah. Number one, my worst enemy is not the devil. My worst enemy is Sammy Pruitt. Because God's been trying to beat me over the head and drag me down certain paths all my life. Hallelujah. And by now, it looks like to me, I, I, I would learn by now, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm still human. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for grace. I'm thankful for mercy. I'm thankful that God says in His Word, and listen to this. Ooh, God, I'm, I'm, this is being spoken to somebody in this house right now. Paul wrote in his writings that He who hath begun a good work in thee will fulfill it or accomplish it in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. So every time I look around and I think I'm going down and I'm faltering and failing, the Word of God reminds me I didn't start this thing myself, so I won't finish it myself. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. If an 85-year-old man, hey, now you got to remember this. Their warfare was not like a lot of our warfare today. Them, them boys wasn't sitting somewhere in, in a control panel pushing uh, buttons and dropping bombs to defeat the enemy. He didn't even have a. He didn't have a, didn't have AK-47. Hallelujah. He had to bandage a sword. You got to get pretty close to an enemy when you're fighting with a sword. But he said, I'm 86 year old, but I'm ready to go. I got it in my hand. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I've been embracing ever since Moses promised me and my seed, this promised land, this part of the promised land, this mountain. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Which was he gave the name of, of Hebron? Hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't care what the president says. I don't care what nobody else says. That land belongs to Israel because God gave it to him. And ain't no Arab ever going to take it. Hallelujah. Oh, oh yeah, it's going to finally lead us to the final war, but that land is holy land. It's land ordained by God. Excuse me, I didn't get too politically correct right then and there. Hallelujah. But I stand for the Word of God. I stand for the principles that this great nation was founded on. And I stand for the land of Israel. Hallelujah. And all this junk about giving up property back to the 1960... I don't know why I'm getting on this. The 67 boundaries. It just ain't going to happen. Hallelujah. 
That ain't part of my message. You need, if you want to, I posted a blog just about that. I wrote up something on that. And I got it on my blog. You can go to uh, Christ Family Church, uh, Nashville.org, our website, and then go down there on the pastor and click on blog there. I got it wrote down there. You see, there were some people, there were some people in World War II who thought if they gave Hitler certain land, that it would appease him. But it didn't do it. it uh, Europe finally was put into war, and over six million Jews were slaughtered. Hallelujah. You can't appease the enemy by giving him love gifts. Hallelujah. You just well to make up your mind. If you've got an enemy, you're going to have to defeat him. Hallelujah. He's going to have to be defeated. And the best way I know to do it is the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! The blood of Jesus Christ. Caleb, he said, give me this mountain. He said, this mountain is for my seed. Hallelujah. It's there. So you see, folks, we've got to learn to embrace what we don't hold. Because even though if you don't hold it, if you embrace it, if you hold on to it, you've got a dream. You've got a dream. I could continue this on. We could we could go into Joseph and his dream. Hallelujah. His own kinfolks, his own brothers. Sold him out. Amen. Put him down in a an old dry well, then sold him as a slave in the land of Egypt. My my Lord, every time every time I get depressed and think about the, some things I'm going through. You know how if you ever watch that NCIS, that one guy over over him, you know, pops the nose over my back of the head. Some of you have seen that program, hallelujah. Every time I get to think about how how bad things are and I'm going through everything, sometimes I can feel God just pop me up the side of my head. So will you please go back to my book and read Joseph's life? Read his life. Everything he went through, he was a boy with a dream. He was just a teenager when he got that dream. It ain't something he imagined or concocted on his own. It was a God-given dream. Hallelujah. <laughs> Folks, if you've got a God-given dream, if you've got a call, you've got a promise, you've got, you got a desire in your heart, embrace it. Even though you don't hold it yet, embrace it. And by the strength and the grace of God, you will overcome.